welcome beautiful soul to the Weaving the Wild podcast. In this space, we are reclaiming and remembering the wildish wisdom and knowledge that lies deep within our bones and reconnecting to those parts of ourselves that are both ancient and familiar. We talk about it all, awakening our collective wildness and dropping back into our bodies honoring our cyclical rhythms, connecting to our roots, embracing our intuitive nature, and living embodied within the feminine. I'm Rachel Hodgins, and I'm honored to be walking this path beside you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Weaving the Wild podcast. I hope you're having a beautiful week wherever you are. I hope whether you're listening to this the day the episode comes out or if you're tuning in later, just know I hope you're having a really, really lovely day and I'm sending you lots and lots of beautiful vibes and all the love. Today's episode is all about beautiful springtime rituals to help you really connect to earth and to your roots um, and just really engage with this this amazing energy of springtime at this time of year. So if you are listening to Weaving the Wild, which you obviously are, I would assume that you are somewhat interested in exploring your own roots and exploring your your relationship to the earth and the world around you and looking for ways in which you can really build those relationships and engage with um with this world in just a, a different a different way in a deeper more meaningful way um so i really hope that the the ideas um that i'm kind of talking about today can in some way um speak to you even if there's just one little thing that Um, kind of lights you up and that you, you know, you take with you. Um, I hope it makes a little difference in your journey. So I have five beautiful springtime rituals and practices, things that you can do to really engage with this energy of this time of year and, um, and embody spring within your, your own life. Um, so let's just dive in. The first one is a fairly obvious one, but it's something that I've been really, really diving into um, recently, and it's planting your own food or herbs with the intention of harvesting them. So I've always kind of, I've, I've always loved having a garden. I've never really done much with it, but I'll always kind of want to grow like basil and oregano and kind of all your basic herbs. Um obviously like for culinary reasons, but things like lavender, rosemary, things like that, I've never really used. They're just there. This year I've been really determined. We've had veggie gardens and things in the past um, anyway, but this year I've really, really um, like with, (laughs) with fervor wanted to uh, to do our veggie garden and really um, cultivate our own food. And the reason I'm kind of honing in on this first is we know, like it's a bit of a kind of, not a, not a cliche, it was a bit of a given. If you want to connect with, you know, nature, grow your own food. Like <laughs> we know that. But I think there's a beautiful um, energy around growing your own food or your own herbs that you're going to cultivate to use. 
it's bigger than just going organic, saving money on your own, you know, gro- you know, buying groceries and things like that. There is a love and a nurturance um, and just this incredible uh, grounding in intending to plants and it gives it even more meaning when it's it's plants that you're you're going to use and benefit from and it's this reciprocal kind of relationship so you grow you nurture them daily with with you know food and water and making sure there's no pests and diseases and things kind of um that might hurt them and they will provide you with abundance with with literally the the food and the fuel that you need to survive so this is something that I've been really really kind of um, exploring myself um, over the last few weeks in particular I've kind of been waiting for spring to kind of arrive for plants to actually take off (laughs) Um, but we've put our own vegetables in they're growing I've been kind of cultivating other herbs and things like chamomile and lemon balm Um, and I've been you know really kind of using lavender and things like that for the flowers not not so much for their you know culinary reasons but for their their medicinal uses as well Um, and it's just this beautiful way to engage with nature and it really really brings me back to my roots and when I'm I'm doing these things I feel like I could be a thousand years ago you know um the other day I had harvested some nettles some stinging nettles which were growing and I dried them for a few weeks and the other day they were dry enough to to turn into tea so I set myself outside um in the sunshine and I was just kind of like crumbling nettle leaves to put in a jar to use for tea and it, it, I can't even describe the joy that it brought me. Um, and yeah, so when I was kind of saying to, to grow your own food and herbs, but with the intention of actually harvesting them and cultivating them, it doesn't have to just be growing tomatoes and, you know, zucchinis and things like that. There can be a lot more that you can really kind of grow and engage with in your own yard. Even if you're not, you know, you don't have a yard, you can look at the herbs and things like that that you you might be able to grow in a pot um, that don't have to necessarily just be for food. You can use them for all different reasons as well. But that's one beautiful way that you can start um, and use use your time growing and nurturing your garden or your plants with a kind of a, a sense of reverence and and ritual around it. Um, and really honor, honor what you're doing and the relationship that you're building with the plants and with nature. On that, on a slightly different note, but a very similar note, my second kind of um, tip or ritual, so to speak, is one that you might um, be surprised at, but it's, it's all to do with tending the earth. So this time of year, we would um, normally, like I say normally, ancestrally speaking, as the energy of spring really picks up and, you know, winter was coming to an end, this would be the time when our ancestors would be able to move outdoors again and begin to cultivate the land once more in order to, you know, for their, their crops to grow and things like that. 
but you don't just, you know, step outside, enjoy the sunshine and suddenly plants are growing. You have to actually tend to the earth. So weeding and raking and (laughs) it sounds like boring work, but it's something that I found, again, it's this reciprocal nature of, um, sorry, reciprocal relationship um, with nature. So if I want a relationship where I can benefit from what the earth herself can give me, I have to, to demonstrate and show her that I, I care and that I, I have love to give back, essentially. And so I would never weed in the past. I would find every excuse not to touch them to the point it wasn't even excuses I was just ignoring them for years (laughs) but these days I actually find a great satisfaction in actually making sure that everything is kind of cared for and tidy I know that sounds a bit corny but I have a garden like we've got a kind of very cottagey home and my garden looks a little bit rambly and sometimes overrun (laughs) and weeds just grow so easily like so easily but I've been finding so much kind of satisfaction in in caring for it and in pulling the bits of weeds and in sweeping and raking and knowing that I'm I'm caring for it all so I'd really encourage you if if you have an outdoor area to to engage in that kind of work with again a sense of of reverence and a sense of love um it's a demonstration of of how much you care essentially following on from that there's this whole idea of spring cleaning and it's a little bit of a cliche now especially I mean obviously it became a whole fad with good old Maria Kondo and everything like that um but it's something that I've been really aware of recently is how kind of instinctual kind of innate this urge to get organized and to clean and declutter and yeah essentially spring clean um, is at this time of year one way or another we all seem to experience this kind of surge or this urge within us to to get our shit together <laughs> basically um, and I've been thinking about it and I don't think it's just coincidence this is knowledge that's like deeply ingrained in our bones this is a, a deep memory within us Again, remembering the ways that our ancestors responded to the shifts in energy throughout the year. So again, ancestrally speaking, if we if we go back far enough to, in our you know our lineage, um, and find find our ancestors who who lived in kind of you know intimate relation with with the land, um, who who relied upon the land for for sustenance and for you know to be able to live basically. This shift into springtime was huge. They'd spent you know months indoors largely, um, with very little kind of 
outdoor labor to do, so to speak, because the earth is not really providing the same amount of food. It's, you know, the earth herself is resting and rejuvenating. And so while there might be some, you know, work of labor to do outdoors, mostly it's died down a lot. So it was also a time of rest for them during winter. It also meant that they're, they're inside a lot more, you know, conditions weren't quite as nice as we have it today. So I'm sure if you can imagine all winter, just a house that shut up, um, no real kind of heating or, or things like that. You've got a, a fireplace, which would only, you know, can you imagine the amount of soot and dust that would be settling everywhere after, you know, two or three months just inside um, the house is shut up keeping all the windows closed and everything there's you know people are inside a lot more imagine how gross and stuffy and just ugh, that house would feel at the end of winter so you can only imagine by the time spring comes and that energy begins to shift and we can move outdoors once more you can kind of imagine just that that sense of okay now it's time we can start actually doing shit again so well yes there's you know the the land to tend to and and crops to to see to and you know lambing and season and all that sort of stuff as well there's also a huge um i was going to say purge (laughs) it's not really purge but there are things to see to around the home you know, you can actually open the windows up again. You can clean everything, you know, you can dust out the cobwebs and clean off the dust and the soot and everything. And for our ancestors, um, you know, it, it might not have been any particular reverence to it, but it was just what was done. They just understood, you know, springtime's come, the energy's shifting, and this is the time where we can actually, you know, things can start moving again and we can do things once more get our shit together so to speak so I really believe that 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 ancestral kind of connection to the cyclical rhythms I suppose and and the the particular memory of that shift when spring arrives is really deeply ingrained within us to a point we don't even have to be conscious of it it just it it comes through us there's an urge and kind of an instinctual remembering um, that comes up for us and it makes us want to open our windows and doors and let the air through and clean things that we wouldn't normally even notice and declutter and get rid of stuff that we don't need anymore because it's just kind of filling up space and you know, clearing out and and tidying and just, again, getting our shit together, (laughs) basically. And so what I've really found to be really special this year is approaching that energy with a kind of, of reverence, I suppose. It's felt really amazing actually to to approach kind of any kind of spring cleaning type work with the knowledge that I was I don't want to say imitating, but I was um, reflecting back what my ancestors might have been doing. So as I was, you know, tidying and decluttering and I was literally cleaning cobwebs from around the house (laughs) and stuff like that and kind of a little smile on my face knowing that this was just old work 
Like this is, this is connecting to my roots on a really, really simple, really basic level. The steps and the, you know, the actions I was taking were no different to that of my, you know, my foremothers or my, you know, my ancestors a thousand years before. So if you are, you know, feeling the urge to spring clean, and it could be any area, it could be like physically tidying, it could be decluttering, it could be going through your wardrobe or whatever's under your bed, it could be cobwebs, it could be dust, it could be cleaning out your phone or your, you know, your inbox on your laptop, it could be clearing, it could be even your schedule, whatever you're doing, if you're spring cleaning, just Um, try approaching it with the knowledge, just the the kind of awareness, I suppose, that what you're doing is the embodiment of an ancient understanding of the shifts in energy at this time of year. Another thing you might like to do this springtime is to really observe the energetic shifts of the equinox and of Beltane. So the week that this episode is coming out, we'll have the spring equinox, um, also known as Ostara, if you follow the kind of pagan wheel of the year. Um, The spring equinox is also known as Ostara. So the equinox is a time of balance. It's equal day and night. So it's all about balance in your life. And if you're listening, it's springtime or if you know, you're know you observing the spring equinox, it's all about what you can call in, what you can grow and create to you know, invite more balance into your life. So observing where you may be out of balance, essentially in certain areas of your life and looking to what you need more of in order to kind of rebalance. And another important date is Beltane, which happens um, later in the season for us here in Australia. It actually takes place on November the 1st, but traditionally speaking, celebrations often started the night before on October the 31st, um, which, you know, is funny because we're so used to um, thinking of October 31st as Halloween or, you know, the, the equivalent of Samhain, but That's all happening up in the Northern Hemisphere, (laughs) complete opposite for us here. So Beltane is kind of the the onset of summer. Summer is on its way. So the energy is really picking up and increasing. And it's a, um, Beltane is a fire festival and very much concerned about fertility in the, you know, the land, the earth herself and within you. So This is a huge kind of fiery, buzzing kind of energy, very different to uh, Samhain energy, basically. And the reason I bring these dates up is because, well, for me anyway, it's not just about the actual dates themselves and, you know, kind of getting two or three days out and going, oh, Beltane is coming up. What am I going to do for it, basically? Um, it's actually just having this awareness. It's essentially, it's, it's this acknowledgement that energy changes. And at this time of year, it's increasing. And so between, I mean, literally for me recording this, the spring equinox is two days away. But let's just say after the spring equinox, it's not about just waiting until 
November the 1st for Beltane to come and then to observe that for what it is as a kind of standalone thing. It's understanding that between now and then, the energy is shifting more and more. And I can follow that. I can be aware of that. I can embrace and embody that shift in energy. And just really, kind of, as I said, acknowledge and understand that this isn't linear work. We've gone from the dead of winter and the energy is now increasing more and more. So it's this way to really embody the cyclical nature, the cyclical nature of ourselves by observing these, these major shifts in in the Earth's, you know, cycles, um, and that's what these these I was going to say holidays. They're not really holidays, but these you know these important days of Ostara or the spring equinox and of Beltane really kind of do for us, as well as all the other ones throughout the year. You know, even like summer solstice and Samhain and all of those sort of things. They're all important um, points in in the energetic shifts of the year. So try looking into these these dates, um, the spring equinox and Beltane in particular for spring. See if there's any particular um, ways that you'd like to celebrate them. Um, for me, in on the spring equinox, I'm really excited. I'm going to have a little fire out the back. I've got some plants that have needed some pruning. They've got some sort of dead um, leaves and branches, so I'll be using them to burn off and yeah, create a really beautiful uh, ceremony around that and and really focus on what I'm calling in into my life. With the shift in energy at this time of year, it's also really nice to, to cleanse your space and your home, um, particularly after, you know, the kind of stagnancy of winter. It's really lovely to be able to just to really sort of flush out the home of any kind of stagnant or negative energy and really just start afresh. That's what, you know, spring energy is all about is new beginnings, new life, ah, fresh, you know, fresh starts, basically. So you might like to to use smoke medicine. You might have a smudge stick, palisanto. Um, I really love to do a door washing ritual um, to like at the start of a season, basically. Um, so I'll be doing that for the spring equinox as well. Door washing is really simple. All you do is grab a bucket of water, and then you can pop in plants and things that. Um, you can look into kind of plant spirit medicine, but basically plants and things that um, hold a particular energy for you. So you might want to use lavender or rosemary or um, roses or anything like that for love and protection. Um, you can look more into that yourself. but And all you do basically is you use your container of water and you you wash down your entryway. So you can be very liberal <laughs> The idea is you are kind of um, planting your your intention um, or washing your intention over your entryway. So it might be as you're doing it, you're really focusing on inviting more love or prosperity or, um, you know, peace, grounded, calm vibes into your home. And you wash your whole entryway really, really thoroughly Um and then you can kind of rinse the rest of the water over your, your porch or whatever your front door is. Um, 
and yeah, it's a really lovely way to kind of set um, the the intention and the kind of the vibe for your home. Um, my mum arrived to my house the day after I did this last time and she walked through the door. She's like, oh my gosh, it feels so lovely in here. And she noticed this really specific kind of energy. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder if that's my door washing. But anyway, um, it's a really beautiful kind of kind of little spell basically that you can use but it's a really beautiful um, cleansing technique as well for your home so that's another way you might like to do it you might like to make sure all of your crystals are cleansed and everything like that and most importantly but very very simply open your doors and windows after months of cold winter you can finally let fresh air move through your home and I highly encourage it. It is so clarifying to let fresh air just just move through and flow through your home, just, you know, rinsing any kind of negative stagnant energy. So good. So, so cleansing. I think I might leave it there today. I I want to keep it fairly short and simple. I could probably talk for hours, but I hope uh, somewhere amongst there, there has been something that has kind of spoken to you or has lit a little idea within you or has just inspired you in some way to really kind of connect with, with this beautiful springtime energy, with your roots, with Mama Earth herself. And what better time of year to connect with Mother Earth than right now when she's coming forth once more, she's literally seeping her life force energy into everything you can see it everywhere one beautiful way this is just a little extra one (laughs) but one really really um, beautiful way of witnessing spring energy and holding space for that for that energy is either you, you could plant a seed or you know an actual plant and watch it grow but if not you you can just pick any plant that you see regularly, you know, it can be an existing plant, it can be a tree even, and just take note, just pay attention as it goes from perhaps completely dormant through to tiny little new growth and green shoots through to leafing up, through to blossoming like or just buds at first and then blossoming, full bloom, Um, maybe it fruits or you know drops seeds or something and then begins to shed again once um, autumn comes but really paying attention to its shifts and its um its rapid growth at this time of year it's something that I love doing we have a beautiful old elm tree in our yard and she goes from just completely bare branches to these tiny little buds to right now she has um her they're basically just bunches of seeds that look like flowers but I know that very soon um maybe in a month or so those seeds are going to be released and she's they've literally there'll be thousands and thousands of these little kind of flaky looking seeds flying through the air they look like clouds like it's the air is thick with them um and then once she's released her seeds, then she will, um, like her leaves will come forth as well. 
but it's such a beautiful act of of engaging with and and just holding reverence for the power of spring and uh, and of nature itself um, is witnessing this unquestioning just this this innate knowing in every living thing to grow and you know to 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 come forth with abundance once more Um, and it really kind of puts you in that that same space where you can can allow yourself to grow and and come forth with abundance as well basically as always, I would love to hear from you if you have a particular ritual that you love to do during springtime or a way that you really love to connect with spring energy. Message me. You can connect with me over on Instagram. Um, the, the link is always in the description or the show notes, but it's literally just at rachel.hodgins, um, but you can find that in the show notes below. Be sure to screenshot this episode if you've enjoyed it and share it over there as well. Make sure you tag me so I can see. Um, And if this episode has helped you or if you've really loved listening, please, I would absolutely love it if you could uh, give it a little review and a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. It really, really helps the show um, to grow as well and honestly a couple of people have have done so already and I didn't it just it I have the biggest smile on my face (laughs) when I read them um so if it feels right to you I would love for you to go over and review the the show as well until next week I hope you're having a wonderful wonderful day I'm sending so much love to you and I'll talk to you soon thank you for listening to the weaving the wild podcast I'm walking my path here on Jaja Warung country and I acknowledge the Jaja Warung elders past and present.